0: Okay, Acts chapter 20, let's pray. Uh, Father, I just pray as, you would, uh, as we open your word, you know, hey, we're the ones who take your word very seriously, we want to know what it says, uh, we want it to speak into our lives. Um, Lord, I'm not, I expect that after we hear your word, Lord, we'd be different forever. Uh, and I understand, and I've understood for a long time, it's not my insanely great preaching, it's your word, it's just, it just has what we need to grow by. So Lord bless, and that we might be strengthened, that we might uh, make changes in our life that need to be changed, in Jesus' name. Amen, Acts chapter 20, and that, I'm going to read the first uh, 12 verses, Okay. And after the uproar was ceased, Paul called unto him the disciples and embraced them and departed for to go unto Macedonia. And when he had gone over those parts and had given them much exhortation, he came into Greece. And there abode three months. And when the Jews laid wait for him, as he was about to sail into Syria, he purposed to return through Macedonia. And there accompanied him into Asia, Sopater of Berea and of the Th- Thessalonians, Aristarchus, and Secundus and Gaius of Derby, and Timotheus, and of Asia, Tychicus and Trophimus. These, going before, tarried for us at Troas. And we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came unto them to Troas uh, in five days, where we abode seven days. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached to, unto them, ready to depart on the morrow and continue his speech until midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber uh, where they were gathered together, and there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep, and as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. And Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him said, trouble not yourselves for his life is in him. When he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while even till break of day, so he departed and they brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted. Okay, what have we got? Well, starting a lot of housekeeping kind of stuff. They went here, they went here, they went with these people, with these people. Um, Is this important? It's always important. Um, All Scripture is given by inspiration for God. I don't always know, uh, but I've got some application tonight, and I think it'll be a benefit for us. After the uproar was ceased, Paul came unto him. Paul called unto him the disciples and embraced them. What uproar are we talking about? Well, you remember chapter 19. We had uh, Demetrius and the silversmiths, and they had Ephesus. They had this big, oh, pfft just crowd gone wild, just, just it was berserk. It was, you know, the, you know, the whole demonstration there, great as Diana of the Ephesians, and the town clerk was involved, and all the people at the amphitheater, and they were yelling for hours on end, that uproar. And then, of course, the town clerk, he dismissed them all. And he, I always say he earned his pay that day because he, he had an angry mob, and he diffused the situation like a good town, town official will. So after that uproar was ceased, Paul called unto him the disciples, and he embraced them, and he departed for to go unto Macedonia. Okay, it's getting troublesome here, let's beat feet. Is that like a bad thing? we supposed to stand down and, hey, we're not moving, you're moving, you're, we're not backing up, we're not shutting up, you, you back down. Um, Paul has a sense of when to go and when to leave, uh, when to stay, when to... You know, forbear, and I think he's praying. And I don't want to sit and second guess his whole life and stuff. I think it's time for him to go. Okay, Uh, uh, he's been there for for years. He's been teaching in that school of Tyrannus. People got it by this time. You know, they've heard the word. They've grown. Um, So it's time. You know, there's other people haven't heard the word yet. And I think maybe God uses something like this angry mob to to push him along. God can use circumstances in our life to to funnel us, to guide us, to get us to go where we need to be. And when he had gone over those parts and had given them much exhortation, he came into Greece. What happens in Greece? Not that much. And there abode three months, and when the Jews laid wait for him, as he was about to sail into Syria, he purposed to return through Macedonia. Is that like the idea of thwarting their plot to get him? Were they going to sink the ship? I mean, I I don't know. But he understands that the Jews laid wait for him, and so when he's going to sail to Syria, but he didn't sail to Syria. He he returned through Macedonia instead, and there accompanied him into Asia. Uh, and here we have this this who's who of the people who were with. Uh, Paul, we have an idea, you know, like Paul and Barnabas, you know, Paul and Silas, you know, just them two. No, this is a kind of a group, and they accompanied him in Asia, Sopater of Berea, of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secundus, and Gaius of Derbe and, and Timotheus, and of Asia, Tychicus and Trophimus. Uh, these going before tarried for us at Troas. Do you see what just happened there? Tarried for us. Now Luke's back with and he's talking in because he's along so he's they tarried with us. So Luke's Luke's back. Where where did Luke go? I don't know. I mean we don't know. I, I have my guess, like you probably have your guess. I'm thinking Paul said, You know what? Well we still got people alive like Mary like you know, like you know, you probably ought to go interview her. You ought to talk with some of the people who were there. You ought to do some interviews. You ought to find out what happened. You ought to, you know, and write this stuff down. And uh, and I think that's probably where he is. Um, I, I'm only I'm only taking a guess there. I don't know for sure, right? But here he's joined back up with them uh, at Troas. And we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came unto them to Troas in five days. It took us five days to get there, and we abode seven days. All these things important. Yeah, I don't know how, but, you know, again, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And sometimes just these housekeeping kind of things, just telling you what's going on. And I don't know that we can draw big principles from them, but, you know, I, I don't know that you have to every single verse, every single phrase in the Bible... And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples would come together to break bread, what just happened there? It just told us that the early church met on the first day of the week. Questions? Comments? No, I'm not inviting comments. Here, big proof text. You meet on the first day of the week, you see, you got to and now, oh, uh, calm down, calm down. Uh, and, and people battle over this verse. I think the early church met on the first day of the week. What day of the week are you supposed to meet on? Well, I don't know if there's a supposed to about it. I mean, okay, turn with me if you want, or I'll just read it if you want. Romans chapter 14, verse 5. One man esteemeth one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. So here we are, Saturday, what are we thinking? I'm fully persuaded this is cool. And I'll tell you something else. We meet on Wednesday night. Where's that in the Bible? Did you ever run across a Wednesday night meeting verse? It's just something we do. But I'm fully persuaded in my own mind, okay? And if I am fully persuaded you, you have to get persuaded. You have to figure all your stuff out. You say, well, I always thought that the church really should meet on the Sabbath. And by the way, Sunday is not the Sabbath. Never has been. Never will be. The Sabbath is Friday night at sunset to Saturday night at sunset. Okay? Always has been. Always will be. Um, and I, I think that's when the church should meet. Well, you should find one of them fellowships and you should go to church there then. I think like the way we've done it, and I think the way the early church did it was Sunday but I'm not hard and fast about it, because my whole thinking is like, hey, I like to worship God every day of the week. I like to get together with you on Sunday morning. I get so excited about it. I mean, I'm I'm like a Saturday night, I'm like a kid on Christmas Eve. True, true. I'm I'm all excited. Probably you wouldn't know if you looked at me, because I'm I'm reserved excited. I don't. I'm not a jump up and down guy. Anyway, unless the Patriots are playing. I mean, you know, I'm just. Kind of, I'm just calm, I'm just like a, you know, even-keeled demeanor. But I'm very, very excited to be here Sunday morning to worship with you. But I have been worshiping all week long. That's, that's the way I roll. I'm just like, why wait till Sunday? God's good on Monday. He, you going back to work Monday morning, you kidding me? Yeah, but I got a job and I'm healthy enough to do it and God's provided and God's good. He's worthy to be worshipped on Monday. And, you know, even before coffee. And from coffee to lunch, I always like worshiping that pot there. And then, like, getting close to the end of the day, I get real excited. I get to go home and be with my bride. And God's given me a bride to be with. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm like, praise you, Lord. You're so good. I just want to worship all the time. And I hope you feel that way, too. And if you don't, well, be persuaded in your own mind, okay? And as far what day you get together? Well, they did it, it seems like they did it on the first day of the week, okay? I mean, if you need a proof text, okay? I'm not going to get, uh, look at Colossians chapter 2, okay? You may turn there or I'll just read it to you. Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink. Boy, they always want to judge us in meat and in drink. That means food there, but they always want to judge us in meat, okay? You've got to be a vegetarian. You shouldn't be eating any meat. You shouldn't eat anything that has a face. Come on. I always think, you know, by the time I'm eating it, the face is gone anyway, okay? And why, that's a stupid, that's an arbitrary, and some people say, well, warm blood. Well, the blood was drained off. I'm not eating blood either, you know what I mean? What do I care about the blood temperature or if it had a face or not? You know, I'm just going to say the blessing over it and just, (laughs) man, thank you, Lord. That's how I go, you know what I mean? And I'm not going to let people judge me. Oh, they try, but I just it's just water off a duck's back. Don't let any man judge you in meat or in drink, or in respect of a holy day, or the new moon, or of the Sabbath days. I know, I know. We we keep nine commandments, we want to keep the tenth one, or, you know, it's still wrong to kill. And I I see how they always do this. They, They always, like, lay this noose for your feet. You know, they're ready to spring it on you when you step into it. So uh, is uh, adultery still a sin? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So it's still wrong to steal from somebody? Oh yeah. But you can go ahead and break the Sabbath, right? And that's how they always play it. I'm not letting them judge me. I'm not letting them, because that's what the verse tells us. Don't let them judge you. And by the way, who who really keeps that? I, I'm just saying, um, if, if, you're here, if we have service tomorrow night, and I'll let you know, because the storm coming, right? We'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, tomorrow night we're going to look at uh, 23rd chapter of Exodus. And, and it, it, it mentions, you, you're planting for six years. In the seventh year, you let the ground go fallow. Just leave it alone. Just don't, anything grows, that's for the poor and for the beasts. Don't That's part of keeping Sabbath too. There's a Sabbath, uh, every week there's a Sabbath of weeks. There's a Sabbath of months, and there's a Sabbath of years, and then every seven sets of seven years, there's a Jubilee year, and that's Sabbath too. It's very complicated, and I'm not playing. I'm just I'm not am not participating. You want to listen? I gotta tell you something with my just my heart of hearts speaking. God bless you. Um, I told you about Sabbath elevators in Jerusalem. You can't push the button. It's programmed to stop at every other floor, because. God forbid you should push a button. And I'm sure that's what God meant when he said, I want you to refrain from working. Don't be pushing them elevator buttons. Nothing gets me mad, God says. I just laugh. And and look, you know, Jesus said, pray that your flight be not on the Sabbath nor in the winter. It's still hard to get a cab or, or, or a flee. I mean, you think, what do I care? I can flee any day of the week. I mean, I, I'm not a fleeing type person, but if I had to flee, you know, Sabbath would be good as any other day. Not in Jerusalem, it wouldn't be. You can't drive a car. You're starting, when you put the ignition in, you're starting fire. You can't, you can't do that. Like I say, you can't get a cab. The place is closed down. There's no buses. Jesus said, pray that your flight take not place on the Sabbath. And then he's talking about the, the abomination it makes desolate and all that stuff. You ever think about that? Who cares what day of the week we flee on? Well, he's talking to Jews, and I think specifically at Jerusalem. It's still a thing. It's still a thing. Not to me. Not to me, and I suggest not to you. But whatever you figure out in your own mind, be fully persuaded. I always say this about your conscience don't go breaking your con- You're going to need that. Okay? Don't, if, if you've got something figured out, you say, I really feel in my heart, I have prayed about this, and I really am convicted about well, My goodness. Don't go past your conscience. I'd never counsel anyone to do that. I would tell you about trying to keep Sabbath. Good luck on it. it's very, very hard. Again, you know, a, don't take a bath. You might spill water on the floor, and you'll be washing the floor. I tell you, we we were a, a moving car, and we had a good group of us. Uh, people who had a mind to work, and we get that knocked out. I was very proud of the guys. That was that was good. I say, guys, I'm talking non-gender specific, I say guys and I mean people who helped, okay, because I'm, I'm, we have, there was ladies there and there were ladies who had a mind to work, so it was all very good, and then I went home and I took a bath, even on a Sabbath, because my back is just like, it's such and such a, so once I overdo it, I got to get into a nice hot tub and kind of loosen everything up so I'm able to get out of bed the next day, you know what I mean, so, uh, but if it was the Sabbath, we wouldn't even be able to move, never mind taking a bath or anything afterwards. So you've got to figure it out and do whatever you feel like you've got to do. Me, I'm not going to let people judge me. I'm not going to let people judge me, Meat, drink, respect of a holy day, new moon, or a Sabbath day, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. They, they, they cast a shadow, but what's the substance of the shadow? Well, it's Christ. And it's kind of a little ambiguous in the King James, but the body is of Christ. I think of the Sabbath like a shadow. The substance that makes the shadow is Christ. Well, how's that? Well, it's about rest. It's not about what day you worship on anyway. It's about rest. for, for, For those of you who have come to Christ, is that a rest? Have you stopped trying to work for your salvation? Yes. Yes. There's genuine rest a cessation of work, to be sure. Um, let's keep going. Uh, and again, I don't want to beat that in the ground, but if you, you always want to say, well, we meet? It's, you know, they got a strong case. Why do we meet on Sunday anyway? Well, on the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, does that mean communion, or does that mean like fellowship supper? It's ambiguous enough that it could be either or both. Paul preached unto them, ready to part on the morrow, and he continues speech until midnight. Oh, my goodness, I got, I'm just looking at the clock. You sit for a while, get comfortable, we got coffee out in the lobby there, uh, try the decaf, we'll be here a while, right? Hey, you think I go along? This guy preaching until midnight. Go and fancy that. Uh, I like that. I want to have an opportunity to do that one time before I tip over. That would be excellent for me. Now, not so excellent for you, but it would be excellent for me. I'd really enjoy that. Um, so he's just going on. He's going to see them for a while. He's got, you know, a lot of things to tell them. And, and, and I have an idea that, you know, their get-together and stuff For hey, if, I, if Paul the Apostle was here, I, I'm, one, I'm going to learn how to speak Greek. <laughs> Buddy, you can talk as long as you want, okay? You get the mic. I'm just going to sit right there and enjoy. And when you're done, we're done. That's, that's how I feel. Uh, I, would, I would love that. So what happens? There were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. This sat in the window, a young man named Eutychus being fallen into a deep sleep. You know, you know what's funny? This this story's funny. Because he ends up not dead. That's why it's funny. I mean, if it someone when I'm preaching, somebody tips over and dies, that'll that'll mess up your meeting right there, okay? That's like, ah... Oh. But in the end, he's alive, and so it makes it a funny story. Do people ever fall asleep here? I never dime them out. I never dime You want, you want me to tell you who does all the time? You want me to, No, I don't do that. I don't do that. I, I wouldn't, because I wouldn't, it's been me. Not while well, I'm teaching. That would be really weird. Uh, but, I, but, but when I've been sitting out there... Someone I care about a lot, and I'm kind of listening, and, and I get like, you know, just kind of one of these, you know, where your eyelids get really, and you just get your chin hits you. I'm awake. I know everything. And you just keep, uh, uh, and, and I've done that. So I always want to be gracious to those who are struggling, and maybe I just have to be a little bit more interesting. Maybe that's all there is to it. I, I can point the finger and say, oh, you know, you this guy, this guy. I don't, I, I don't want to. Listen, I'd rather somebody sleep here. They'd be awake anywhere else. I'm just telling you. Um, So when I first started at like Seven Oaks, you know, and I was teaching the guys and stuff, and there was always somebody. um, One, um, I'm trying to think of the cook's name who was there. Kathy. Oh, yeah, she'd make, one, good food. She was really capable, and she'd make a ton of it. And them guys were eating a lot of calories because they weren't taking drugs anymore. And a lot of them were Jones and stuff. And so a guy would come in the program and he'd be sitting there and he'd just be going, just fighting and stuff. And guys would be elbowing and stuff. And they would kind of like chastise him, like, hey, come all the way over here. And Adam coming, he's giving, and you shouldn't be. And I'd say, e- he's up, he's up, he's up. Just be gracious. Just, it's all good. He'll, he'll catch it next time. Because I, I just want to be that kind of guy. Uh, so, I've fallen asleep, and if you've ever fallen asleep, doesn't make you a bad guy. And I'm not going to dime you out, okay? i just, I just not like that. Um, but would you like to famously fall asleep so that your name's in the Bible as someone who slept <laughs> during Paul's sermon? I just think that's kind of funny. Uh, so we got this uh, guy, Eutychus. What's his name mean? Lucky. Fortunate. That, now, that's funny, okay? I don't know. You'll get on your way home. He's... So here he is, he's listening to the Apostle Paul, but he's a young man, okay? And some of us have a real low idol. You know, once you start sitting down, it's easy for us to slip into that neutral gear and just... And, oh, um, just like every time I watch t- Antique Roadshow, I like it, and it's like a horse tranquilizer. I never saw a whole episode once ever, right? I just, I just... I just don't. And I'm checking my eyelids to see if there's any holes in them and stuff, and just Are you awake, Are you asleep? Oh, I'm I'm awake. I'm awake. I know everything. Just we we just I can't admit that I'm asleep or something. It's so weird. Anyway, so pa- so Paul's preaching. this Eutychus And his upper lights in the chamber. Yeah, you know, they use up oxygen. They kind of give you that kind of you know candle lights. You know the whole thing. There's no candles at this time. There's lights. Okay, they're lamps like. Think of like a lantern like we would use. Um, so he's fallen to a deep sleep, and Paul was long preaching. He sunk down with sleep, and he fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. Now, if you read commentary on this, oh, he obviously wasn't dead because he, when Paul came, he said, oh, no, he's not dead. No, he's dead. Okay, remember who's writing this. This is Dr. Luke. Dr. Luke, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He, he was there, we weren't. He knows dead, okay? They took him up dead. And Paul went down and fell on him, and embracing him said, trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. Obviously, Paul getting a word from the Lord. He fell on him. Like what, he tripped on him? No, he, he fell on him, like prostrated himself on top of him. This is very reminiscent of Elisha and the widow's son. He took him up in his room and he laid on him. It, it, the same. This is kind of. I think Paul's probably thinking of that. And so he does this. And it, and it, the word is very intense. Okay, because we just had a death. He's a young man. He hasn't lived out his, all his days yet or anything. Is he? Is he married? No. He's falling asleep at prayer meeting. He's supposed to be flirting with that girl over there, and he's there nodding off and falling out windows and everything else. And look at him. So it's it's a It's a big deal, so Paul lays himself on him and prays, and trouble not yourselves for his life is in him. when he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten, talked a long while even till break of day, so he departed, so they have a okay let's let's stop for a while, let's go get something to eat, and we'll come back at this <laughs> and let's preach right till the break of day now. Again, I'm just thinking that's the greatest thing in the whole wide world. Uh, nobody's ever invited me to do that and stuff, and I, I understand. I, I get it. I get it. Um, but he, there is preaching all night right around the... That's, that's that's wonderful. You know, they take time. They have some uh, food. You kind of, you know, get, you know, fueled back up, and they go at it again until the morning. Um, I'm not lecturing you. You should like this. You should... I mean, I... I've heard people teach it like that, like we're not, you know, preachers are hungrier to, to teach than people are to receive. Yeah, but that's, that's true, but it's not on you. It's not like, I don't want to shame anyone with that. You know what I mean? I don't think it's about that. And you guys are here too. Why, why would I try to shame you? Um, I love listening to the Word of God my own self. I love preaching. I would do it every day of the week. Well, I'd take a Sabbath, any, whatever day. I mean, you need a rest. You, you do need that. Anyone who knows anything will tell you that. Your, your, your body, your uh, immune system takes a day off, one day a week. You know that? <laughs> Hopefully you're healthy enough to carry you through to the next day. But you, you need some downtime. But other than that i'd 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 teach every day if I had a if I could do that for a living I'd find a a place where people were whatever worked for people you know and we met them there where they are, and I'd use some of the same sermon stuff you know I'd take a sermon I'd teach it two or three times a week you know because I get three sermons a week, and you know, and I kind of feel like I taught one group and there it is, all done now i got to learn more stuff if I could use that over and over and just teach different i'd love that i'd 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 preach. 20 sermons a week if I could. I don't know. Because that's how, when you're hardwired for that, when the, when the Spirit of God, when, you, when you're gifted like that, when, when God, I say gifted, it makes it sound like I'm gifted. Well, I am. God gives us a gift, and then he gives us a, a hunger, a desire, a, hey, listen, for me it doesn't get any better than this. When people are hearing the word of God and then their life starts to reflect the changes that God makes with his word. There's nothing, Didn't I'm just rem- reminded, didn't John say that? I have no greater joy than to see my children walking in the truth. Oh, he would say, you get it. You totally get it. The Word of God is infected, and it's got in your, uh, in your mind, and now you're acting it out. There's no greater joy than that. And I'm thinking, Amen. I, I'm totally feeling you, John. I understand that. Whether my children or not, when I see Christians walking in the truth, there's nothing that compares to that. And if I'm a small part of that process, a million hallelujahs to God, I praise Him forever. That's, there's nothing better. Nothing, nothing even close. But that's how, like, when God wires you for that, that's how, how it is. And you're all thinking, like, mm, whatever, you know. It's just, you want to see, you want to make a difference. I, th- I feel like, you know, teaching the Word of God is making a difference in people's lives for good and for God forever. They brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted you got to love the way Luke expresses, not a little means, quite a bit. They were overjoyed, big celebration. They brought him, is he all banged up and broken? No, I think he's, I think he's 100%. Um, so he, he didn't really die after all. He just kind of get knocked out when he came to everything was good. No, he died. It's called resurrection. God does that. And I want us to think about resurrection, okay? I want us to figure some stuff out about resurrection, It's an event on the calendar, someday in the future, and you're all looking forward to it, right? And it is. That's not all it is, but it is that. People say rapture, I like to say resurrection. Why? When the dead in Christ rising first, then we who are alive remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. We got dead people rising. I don't know what you call that. I call that resurrection, right? The word rapture isn't in Scripture, okay? The word resurrection is, and I have people, I talk to people, and they say, well, I don't know if I believe in the rapture. You believe in the resurrection, don't you? A Christian would say no. A heretic would say no. That's what would say no. No, I, I know we all believe in the resurrection. There's no problem there. Well, we got dead people rising, then we don't quite have to die. Uh, we, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed, First Corinthians 15. So we get the benefit of the resurrection even if we haven't quite died yet. But that's the only time that's going to happen. Eutychus was resurrected, but you know what had to happen first for that to happen? There had to be death. Say, that's not so profound. It is if you think about it. It is if you think about it. Because I think a lot of us are trying to live resurrected lives with no death. Will that work? Uh, Never. Only never. What do you mean? Well, Let's look at a few verses. Philippians chapter three. You can turn there. You know we're not under the gun on this. You can. I'll wait till you're settled on Philippians three, verse ten. I handle pages. Turn. I, I see people pressing buttons, <laughs> and I'm totally good with that. You know me. Um, okay, Philippians three ten. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection. Okay. Show of hands. Who wants to know Jesus and the power of his resurrection? Who wants to live resurrected life? Oh, okay, yeah, oh, oh, okay, okay. I'm going to tell you how to do it. And the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. You won't know resurrection without knowing death. It just it doesn't work that way. Eutychus, he was fortunate enough to know resurrection. Pun there, intended. How did did that work? Well, he died. Well, what about this resurrection? Uh, That I may know him in the power of his resurrection. I don't want to wait till I'm dead to live a resurrected life. Well, okay, but that's good. That's what I'm talking about. Resurrection someday, great, great. Victory over the grave, great, tremendous. What about resurrected life right now? That I may know him in the power of his resurrection. Oh, it's easy peasy, and it really is. Not easy, but simple. This it, it is how you know him the fellowship of his sup- sufferings being made conformable unto death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. So people come to me all the time, very often. Oh, my relationships are. I'm at the end of my rope, my finances are dead, my marriage is dead. My especially marriage. It's at some point, I don't care if you married the most, most wonderful person in the world, at some point you're just like, oh, at the end, at wit's end. It's such a hard thing to be married successfully. Not to Sue. Sue's is relatively easy. I would say it's very hard to be married to me. Just saying. At some point, you know, the poor girl's saying, Oh, God, help me. And she, at which end? I know, I know, I know. I, I totally get it. Uh, so a guy will come to me and say, like, I, 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 I just don't love her anymore. And I'll think, like, Huh, is that all it is? That ain't nothing. They get, always get mad that I laugh at him and, and I don't enter into the horror of that. That's nothing. God will resurrect your love. He does it like every day. Uh, um, it, it, that's easy, that's easy, that that's nothing for God, uh, man, I thought you had real troubles there for a second, you got me all nerved up, oh, it's just that, they never like when I say that, but I want to show them like, that's not a thing, that's not like not a thing, like, oh, I think I'll get divorced, I don't love her anymore, what are you, an idiot, you promised forever, and what you're talking about is just like you're having a bad hair day. That's all you are. You're having a little dry spot in your marriage. That's, that's, not a, that's not a thing. That's not a reason to get divorced. People do it. Oh, your marriage is dead? You, have you x out God? Ha, ha, have, you, have you forgotten that God raises the dead? Romans 6. we got to turn there because I didn't write anything down. I'm gonna go through the, like most of the chapter. We'll go real quick though, right? This is big. This is so practical. This is gonna be a benefit. I don't care where you are in your life. This is such a benefit. No, I mean it really, really is. What's your what's your what's your okay, you come into the promised land and you run into Jericho. Big walled city. And what do you got? Spear? Sword? <laughs> How are those walls gonna fall down? What's your Jericho? What, what, what is it? What's, what's that analogous in your life? What's that thing that's stopping you from inheriting all God wants you to inherit? Fear? Bitterness? Is it lust? Is it anger? You're just a, t- you're just a ticking time bomb. Everyone around you is just like, you know, it's like you're a, a grenade with the pin pulled and we're all just like walking on eggshells because you're just going to go off any second. Is that, is that you? What, what is that? Oh, I, you know, I just can't beat the bottle. I just, you know, I've, I used to smoke dope all the time. I got saved and I hear that, that, that siren call, of the drugs calling me back to cocaine and whatever it is. I just, can't, I just can't stop the mouse clicks. My life is all about pornography and I can't stop it. What's, what's Jericho to you? What's the thing that's stopping you from being all God wants you to be? whatever it is. Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? Because here's the thing. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And the Bible says that. So I'm just going to send up a storm. We'll get grace going everywhere. Praise God. It's a great. What, what's wrong with that picture? And by the way, that will absolutely work. I'm telling you it will work. You think you're going to out-sin God where he can't, where he can't for graciously forgive and restore you. And haven't you read the story of the prodigal father? There, a prodigal son who's, with the father's looking down the road. And when he comes back, dad goes running out to meet him, kill the fatted calf. That's like God, sin abounding. don't worry about it. Grace much more abounds. So we're just going to sin up a storm, right? That's that's the argument. What should we say? If we continue to sin, the grace may abound. No, that's a bad idea. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Now that's the problem. That's what we're talking about, right? Bitterness. Fear. Fear isn't a sin. Oh, of course it is. Of course it is. How many times in scriptures is fear not? And by the way, if the currency of the realm is faith, and it is, without faith it's impossible to please him. Fear and faith are mutually exclusive. You can't have trust in God and, and fear uh, that, that he's going to let you down at the same time. How how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that as many as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Now, that's very important. Because we're talking about resurrected life. Well, you're baptized into his death. That's key. Well, you've got to be baptized? No, but baptism is a picture of that. And yes, you've got to be baptized. I I, I always want to take time to say this right. Do you have to be baptized to be safe? No, you have to be baptized to be obedient and there's no reason not to be, but no. But the baptism is a picture. What do we do? We, we put you in the water, right? Uh, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Put you under the water, dead, buried. You can't see him anymore. He's, and then what happens? We leave him there, right? No, we pull him right back up. We don't leave him there very long. People start panicking and we hold him underwater, board him. No, we pull him right back up. What does it look like? What's the picture of? Resurrection. Okay, you're 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 buried with Christ in baptism. You uh, you so know you not as many as you were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death. Therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. And this is not what we're talking about. Resurrected life, new life. We're not uh, slaves to our sin anymore. We, we we look at that old life, that thing, that, that, that siren call, come back, you know, lust, pornography, uh, alcohol. We said, no, none of that. Get out of here. What do you think you're doing? I'm a new creation in christ i ain't i ain't doing that I've, I've i've put on christ i've been baptized in his death and all that stuff is dead to me i'm not like that anymore uh and and i'm walking in newness isn't that what it says it's like am i reading this wrong the, the, am i drawing conclusions on here look at uh, even as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, was he? Oh, yes, he evidently was. Even so, we should also walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in likeness of his death, planted, is that like a bad pun? Yeah. We're, we're planted with Christ, baptize, baptized, out of the way, out dead like him. We also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. New life. What has to happen before resurrection? Death. And you got to know this, verse 6, that our old man, how how do you die with Christ? We're crucified with him. Isn't this what it says in Galatians? I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me, and life now I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Well, it's not the only place that says that, it says so here. Knowing this, our old man, that old, stinking, sinful nature, is crucified with him. Have we figured this out yet? Why are we still acting like that person exists? Why are we still uh, letting Satan tempt us like that person actually exists? Laugh at Satan. Just laugh at him. You're ridiculous. That person you're tempting, he died. He doesn't even exist anymore. You're, You're tempting a corpse. Now, you should try that. Go into a graveyard. All right, all you guys, listen to me. I want you to swear, lie, cheat, whatever. They won't. They won't. Dead is dead. That's how it is. If you figure this out, you've got to figure these things out. You've got you to, knowing that our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be d- dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. We're we talking about resurrection. We're talking about resurrected life. We're not talking about uh, something on the calendar that's going to happen in the future, although it is. Praise his holy name. I love that, but I ain't waiting. I'm living resurrected life now. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing sin anymore. I'm not. I'm not going to succumb to Satan pushing me around. I don't know who he thinks he is. I serve God. I figured it out. I'm dead to sin. I'm. I'm alive with Christ. He that is dead is freed from sin. Um, for if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. It's just saying it over and over in other ways, just so you get it. Another multifaceted, knowing that Christ, being uh, raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over Him. Right? What are you going to do? Kill me? Jesus says, and He laughs. He laughs. That all you got, Satan? Death? What? Uh, uh, that's your ace? Jesus plays his trump card. Resurrection. Now what are you going to do? I-, I love that. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon. Figure this out. Calculate it. Reckon it. Reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto unto God through Christ our Lord let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body you resurrected people you that you should obey in, in the lust thereof neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead this is what we're talking about you're living you're alive from the dead you're not yielding your 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 body parts your members as instruments to sin now you're yielding your members as instruments of righteousness under God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. How many Christians? Sin still has dominion over them. They haven't figured out this very, very simple principle. So someone comes to me and their marriage is going sideways. You know what your problem is? You're a selfish idiot. That's your problem, okay? I mean... Sorry, <laughs> that's it. Stop being such a selfish jerk. Stop living for yourself. Die to self and see if your marriage isn't resurrected. Watch how fast it happens. This, there's no sin that this, this principle won't work on. There is no sin. And so somebody wants me to fix their marriage without the resurrection of principle here. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I get nothing. What, what are we going to, Dr. Fill them? <laughs> well, uh, make sure when uh, you, you tell your wife when you get up in the morning how beautiful she is and how much you love her. That might help a little bit, I don't know. But if, you, if you're an idiot and you're all selfish and you're all about yourself, how, how do you expect any good thing to happen? You know why I drank because I love alcohol and I love me more than I love you. No, I don't drink. I'm just giving you a for instance. That's that's why. People say, Well, how come I'm still doing this? How come I do it? Because you love it. That's why. You love your sin more than you love God. You're not gonna die to it. You're not you're not gonna live the resurrected life. You're not gonna you haven't reckoned it. You haven't figured this out yet. All right, I'm 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 winding up here. Okay, we'll I can get excited here if I don't, my little heart, I should calm down here. This is, this is, no, this is great stuff. This is life-changing things. I mean, this is really, this is where we live. Uh, we're not under the law, but under grace. Uh, if, if you're still living under the law, you, you, you'll never, you, no, it doesn't work that way. It, just, it won't, it can't. Law doesn't give life. The letter kills. Spirit gives life. What then shall we sin because we are n- not under the law? That's always the question, right? If if I if if Christ forgive me for everything, why wouldn't I just sin up a storm? I, I've had people tell me that. I say I'm going to heaven because of what Jesus did for me. Well, if I believe that, I'll go out and sin up a storm. This is what Paul's saying here. Know ye not? What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? And God forbid. That's silly. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves, servants to obey, his servants ye are, to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So I sent up a storm. Here's what I'm going to tell you. My all, everything about uh, sin still works death. So I'm going, to do, I'm going to do sin in my marriage, and my marriage will experience death. I'm going to do sin in my finances, and my, expi- my finance will experience death. I'm going to do sin in all my relationships, and all my relationships experience death. Do I want those things in my life? No. So therefore, I don't want to sin. I know Jesus forgave me. I know he paid the penalty of my sin. Do I want a a really rotten marriage? Really rotten friendships? Really rotten life? No, I don't want those things. Death still carries, sin still carries the death principle. Whether you're a Christian or whether you're not. Me? I I don't want that in my life. Choose to sin. Choose to suffer. Oh, it's so much fun! No, it's yeah, not in the end. Uh, but God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, and it was. But I'm not that guy anymore. But ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin, because ye became the servants of righteousness. And on it goes. Okay. And by the way, while we're in the neighborhood, chapter 6, verse 23, the wages of sin is death still, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That verse literally changed my eternity. Praise God. 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to look at just two more verses and be done, okay? Hang in there. You guys are doing great. No one's falling asleep. Nobody's falling out a window. This is great, all right? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And it's saying kind of the same thing. But I, I wanted more than one scripture because in the mouth of two or three witnesses may every word be established. I always want to like, you know, give you a few verses to say kind of the same thing. So you like I say, we're looking at it from different angles. Sa- same author, and now he's writing to the Corinthians, he's saying the same thing. For the love of God constrains us. Love of Christ constrains us because we... We thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. (laughs) I love his ironclad theology. If he died for all, that's because all were dead. Go ahead and argue with that. And that he died for all, that they should live, should not henceforth live unto themselves. Hey, we're bought with a price. But unto him which died for them, and rose again. Now that is what we haven't figured out. If we're having a lot, so, so you know, you know, someone struggling as a Christian, they haven't figured out. They are, they have a besetting sin, and it's. I say, you know, live for the Lord and serve the Lord, and and He will bless. And He's such a good heavenly Father, and they all get their face all in the mud. Well, I don't know. Man, it's working for you. It ain't happening in my house, really. You're not living resurrected life? Oh, you haven't died. Easy peasy. Again, not easy, but very, very simple, isn't it? I mean, it's not hard to figure out. I, the youngest among, among us can get this. One more place, Luke chapter 9. I'm going to give it to you in such and such a way, right from the, the mouth of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, Luke chapter 9, verse 23, And 24. He said unto them, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. There's death. There's death. Death to self. Can you kill yourself? No, it's not your life to take. But there's a way you can do that and there's a way you have to do that. Death to self. Self is nasty. It's just ugly it's just all your problems that old man you try to feed him you're never going to be happy and so we have Christians who are still trying to they're on that well you know my needs and my thoughts and my likes and my dislikes and my 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 and yet you you try to serve God with that attitude it'll never happen It it just won't happen you're not going to have resurrected power in your life. You need to, we need to take up our cross daily and follow him. Well, it sounds painful. Oh, it is. Self never dies easy. And as much as you're crucified, it still seems to crawl off that altar you put it on and kind of try to resurrect itself. You've got to figure it out. It doesn't really, it's dead, but we, it won't stay dead. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For Whosoever will save his life. And that's always the problem. Well, I've got I to gotta be me and I've got you know, to find out who I am. Oh my goodness, no you don't. Why don't you look for something exciting? I've got I to gotta find me? That's banal. Self is dull. Hey, why don't you find Jesus? Well, I mean, as long as we're looking, right? That's a good idea. I'm going to live for myself? No, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And people say to me, I feel like I'm losing it. Because you are. Just give it up. Give it to Jesus. You'll find it. Is it? Listen. A six-year-old can figure this out. Because God made it so that we couldn't miss it. Now, whether we do it, whether we believe God, whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall find it. And by the way, you'll find it. It's abundant life. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. When we talk about abundant life and we're like, I've come that you might have life and live it to the full. I want you to have gusto. I want you to be excited. I want you to serve me with Panache, Alan, excitement—all these things. I—I I, I want you to be always victimized by sin. I just can't stop sinning. Oh, it's so. Oh, give me a break, really. But we know people like that. What? How is it? You just need to die to self, and you'll live the resurrected life. I—I I can't tell you how many times, like I've, I've had. Temptation. I've had, you know, that siren song, the flesh. Uh, no, no, no. I can't do that. I'm bought with a price. I'm a man of God. I, I, I'm a man of authority under authority. I, my king is Jesus Christ. That is not on the menu. That is not happening. I, I feel like I'm getting tempted sometimes. I don't usually dialogue with Satan, but I will sometimes. Right up. Not happening. No. Lord, you got to deliver me right here, right now. I got a question for you. In a situation like that. You think God will leave you high and dry? He's never, never left me. All right, Adam, sort it out. Good luck to you. As I'm flapping in the breeze, Satan pff, playing with me like a cat with a cricket. Just and God's nowhere to be found. Never, 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 ever, never, never. If you call to him and you seek from all your heart, he won't be hidden from you. He will answer you. Lord, I want this resurrected life. I want to die to self. My self is so decrepit and so yucky and so, Lord, help me to figure this out, to pick up my cross daily and follow you. Is that a prayer you think God might answer? Only always. Only always. And, and. Then, what will happen tomorrow? Well, same thing, because you've got to keep doing this. You've got to keep figuring out. You've got to keep reckoning your your flesh dead to sin, uh, alive to serve God. We're, We're servants of righteousness. We're not servants of sin. If you're married to that person, oh my goodness, you've got a wonderful marriage. That's the whole thing. The whole thing. Okay, let's stand and... You gotta. You gonna send us out of here in song? Okay, let's 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 stand. Thank you, Lord, for uh, time in your Word that I think was very helpful to figure some things out. Help us to be the people you want us to be. Help us to reckon ourselves dead to sin. live to you. We want to be a resurrected church. We want to live the life that everyone wants. We want to be the, I mean, we want to be the envy of people. Not so people will envy, so the people will try to figure it out, what it is that we got, and we'll have the opportunity to tell them, Jesus, it's Jesus, Jesus' life flowing through us, and is available to as many as call on his name. We'll, we'll tell him, but help us to model a life that's well lived. And Lord, I'm, I'm talking to, you know, I'm looking out over this uh, this family's body of believers, and many of these people are that person. I get that. I mean, I've seen that, and I see this, you, you doing a work in our lives, and I appreciate that so much. There's no, no greater joy, Lord, no greater joy. Thank and praise you. Uh, Now, uh, bless us, Lord, and and bless our commitment to you, our our decisions to put to death uh, the flesh. In Jesus' name, amen. It is our desire to get God's word out to all, so our podcasts and everything else downloaded from our website is free. But we do have expenses. And if you feel led to give a dollar for this resource, please go ahead and click the Give tab on our website at PlowboyMinistries.org. Grace and peace. And everything I want, how dear, I count it all as loss. Lead me to the cross where your love poured out.